0: It's the 6th of October, 2019, and this is episode 415 of Let's Talk Bitcoin. Adam B. Levine here again for Let's Talk Bitcoin. I'm here today with William K. Santiago. So. Kind of what I'm doing here at the conference today is I'm talking with people who are relatively new to cryptocurrency and I'm talking to people who have been around for a long time and are kind of experts. Now, what I've discovered so far is that a lot of times the perspective shifts over time and the importance shifts over time. And I wonder if you could kind of just talk to us about what of your perspective has shifted. What do you think is important now? Kind of what where's your area of focus right now?
1: And interest? Yeah. Um Right. Working at the in the, in the Caribbean. Um, most of the banks have uh, an issue. Well, with I'm
0: sorry. So let's back up a second. Right.
1: Okay. So you're talking about working in the Caribbean.
0: Where do you work? <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry. Where do you work? Let's have the context for how you're. Yeah, I work. In I worked for
1: ten years at the uh, central bank of, uh, of Curacao, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's a Dutch um, region of uh, based on five or six islands. They share one central bank, uh, at least two of the islands at the moment. There's a lot of. Uh, uh, concern about the risking of these banks, mm-hmm. they lose banking relationship with, within the case of the U.S. or Europe. So uh, when Bitcoin came up, it became a concern to to the banks, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of how can we address and and uh, being in the bank, understanding uh, what what the banks were trying to accomplish and, and maintain the stability of the monetary system at these these institutions. Um, I knew that Bitcoin was. Uh, a taboo, a, a, a stay away kind of topic. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, at that time, I said, well, I discovered Ripple, and Ripple had that feature of federation, mm-hmm. and, and, and instead of of being completely decentralized and completely, there was more like a little bit of control in there. And uh, Ripple was pitching to the enterprise, mm-hmm. so I knew this was something that the central banks would uh, would would understand better than just the the the, the core Bitcoin. So. Back then that was my shift you talking about the shift how I moved some yeah. so that was my thinking let's let's bring in ripple so that's one of our first presentations I did at the central bank mm-hmm. uh, we happen to have an IT conference that we go through we switch every year and each country has a different uh, picks a year to host and uh, that that year happened to be in Curaçao and I actually pitched uh, ripple uh, so that one you know it went uh, it went well and I kept uh, then then after that, we did a conference. Two years later, we did an actual conference that all the central banks came. And one of the t- main topics, was that was in 2018, and they, the main topic was blockchain. Mm. So they, they were really talking about it and getting into it. And that's right after the, the peak in 2017. Um, so that, that progression picked up more steam in terms of, of, of thinking about this, this federated way to have a coin that's that has uh, that the banks keep control. So be, right now they have control because they issue their own currency. So having a, a token that has they have the same has the same properties. It's not like Bitcoin. It's not gold. Uh, that was a very ex- exciting times to for all the all the commercial banks to all the central banks to look at that. And bit out of Bahamas, uh, Gabriel Abet was the founder and uh, Oliver Gale. Uh, they came we, 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 we matched each other, and we, we realized that this is so, so something happening in other islands in the Caribbean uh, in Trinidad and Jamaica and Bahamas, so we bit then focused on providing these services uh, which they call now the central bank digital coins mm-hmm. or currency interesting so that's that 's kind of like the shift that that went over, and now the shift is moving towards Bitcoin becoming this digital gold interesting which is also interesting for the central banks because yeah. now they see okay besides having this digital coin now we have a digital gold that we can use as reserve possibly i mean i'm not saying that they're talking about that but that's a, a, another possibility just right. like they use with gold okay so ripple has always been kind of this
0: interesting version of a cryptocurrency i kind of don't even want to call it a cryptocurrency because it does have that kind of federated and the sort of controllable aspects to a certain extent. It also has the ability, very, very early on, Ripple was the first protocol that really let you create meta tokens built on top of their system that were different from the underlying XRP token, which was useful to pay the stamp. So again, like Ripple was this very early, sort of almost anachronistic project that took elements of what cryptocurrency had introduced and then also took elements of what sort of the central bank and banking world expected. So I mean, like what's been the progression since you started working with that?
1: Yeah, so so Ripple, like you, you mentioned, Ripple has this this uh, XRP, which is the utility part token of the of the blockchain, which it's, it's used as speculation. And that's why it gets a price. But the idea is to to use it as a utility. So it's it's just to protect this, the the network. That's what it's used. And then you have your own coin that you then say, okay, uh, con- you know, company A, B, and C, uh, we will we will have you'll have your nodes, and, and we will s- use this other token on Ripple to make these transactions and do this exchange of IOU. So that's, that's what, that was a raw uh, summary of how it how it mm-hmm. came down. But then you have Ethereum, which we can also make tokens on top of that. Uh, so, uh, you have Hyperledger doing the same thing, mm-hmm. more or less. Uh, different. Uh, different security, technology, but same underlying idea. Same idea. Value or have, the idea here is that the the helicopter concept is just to see it as you, yeah. as a federation, dictate who comes into the to the to this club. Yeah. And you have control, and the issuance of these of these new tokens, you also have control and say how how that works. So. Back in 2015, when I when I first started with uh, 17, 16, 17, with uh, the, the the idea, the concept that came out of uh, uh, of Bit and Gabriel Abed uh, of this di- this new uh, framework for the for the central banks, were mostly uh, the the idea that you the central banks will have would have their own uh, smart contracts at the at the local level so in other words each central bank would issue will take for example just to start 10 percent of their issuance of their currency so mm-hmm. if they said the barbados dollar or the curacao uh, gilder they would say okay 10 percent of this is going to be burnt mm-hmm. and we're going to create this new token and we're going to create it on this platform with xrp hyperledger whatever it is and we create our own uh we say, okay, these are the members of, uh, of, of the banks, which are local. So these are commercial banks. Or it could be just the owner, one owner is the central bank, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it is now. But you don't want to exclude the, central, the, the, the commercial banks, and you tell the commercial banks, okay, here you're going to start issuing these tokens. So the user experience is basically you open a wallet, and you get two balances. Mm-hmm. You get your fiat balance, your Gilder or your Barbados dollar, and then you have this token, which is your Gilder the digital right, coin tokenized from the central version bank. of the guild. And then you, the, 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 the merchants will accept and they will say, okay, there's an incentive right. built into the business. Say, if you pay in, in, in this new digital coin, you're, you're abiding by law, you can pay taxes, you can get a discount, et cetera, et cetera, and the people start using this coin. And, now, the trick here is when they want to buy from, I'm in Curacao, and I want to buy from Trinidad. Trinidad is doing exactly the same thing. The central bank of Trinidad does 10% over there. They burn it. They make this new Trinidad. Uh, TT dollars or over there. Mm-hmm. And I open a web page at the men- merchant in Trinidad. Comes up, and now I see a balance of they're selling me tiles or whatever in TT dollars. Mm-hmm. But they have an option to say, okay, you can also pay in Curacao guilders, right. digital guilders. Okay. So now you have the smart contract for the, each Working for each, like, let's say, federated little blockchain in each central bank that's controlled by a central bank. Now you have to transfer that over using either a reserve currency, so for example, the dollar would be one option. Looking at more efficient, better sure. version of that would be, let's say, a stable coin. Right. For example, mm-hmm. it could be Bitcoin but Bitcoin's volatile, mm-hmm. so you wanna have a stable coin. So now you're creating some kind of smart contract at the front end, which is where all the users interact. As soon as it touches the central bank, because it says, oh, this is, has to go to Trinidad. So now, because most countries have swaps, so uh, the, the ministers sign certain contracts between certain countries, okay, you, you sell me so many bananas, I'll send you so much oil, whatever. So there's, that's how you do the exchange mm-hmm. between, say, in the case of Curacao and Trinidad. So this is this is th- this transaction then moves into the other platform, which could be Hyperledger, mm-hmm. it could be, you know, it could be just the the, the, f- the fiat system, going through the the, the regulatory uh, gods of of the Federal Reserve and all mm-hmm. that in New York and come back down, and that could take longer because we know how that system works. But if it, let's say it was Ethereum, so we had a, a, a token that was shared between all the central banks, again federated, and then you have all the countries. Join into that federation. They say, okay, Cuba wants to join that federation, but they can join, but they cannot participate because we don't, you know, internationally we don't have the relationship right. that we. If not, we will be deregulated yeah, right. or sure. whatever, excluded are or whatever. And things like that, exactly. So, to go but beyond. let's say Trinidad is okay. That contract gets activated, moves to the other country, settles within one minute or so mm-hmm. or less, and to finalize the transaction, they have to ship the stuff to Curacao. Mm versus going like it is now where you wait for three days for the wire transfer, you go into Swift, you go into you know all these clearances and, and the the money doesn't doesn't get to the other bank and we're talking about efficiency at a yeah, higher level. A lot
0: of externalities that can come into play Correct. there and yeah. with cryptocurrency a lot of those just aren't even possible. Yeah.
1: So so the shift the shift in my head like you you mentioned is that this is becoming Clearer now. Uh-huh. It was kind of obscure back then. Sure, yeah. And now people are more comfortable talking about Bitcoin, talking uh-huh. about smart contracts, tokens, et cetera. Well, so, okay, so
0: that's a really interesting perspective to have. And basically, what you're suggesting is that at some point in the future, we may see countries and we may see central banks that are issuing part of their uh, currency supply into this digital form because it makes it more liquid in the inter. Uh, country right the international side right. you take most of the things that are wildly inefficient about that system and you wind up eliminating them but you don't get rid of the underlying you know s- printed paper to Correct. Uh, paper dollars you, you still you still uh, keep th-
1: that that stays the same so i sound more like i'm i'm taking a, uh, a centralized federated system that's inefficient like a fax machine with and I'm getting and doing the same inefficiencies into the digital world, but making it much faster and little cost. Sure. Right. So, I mean, so I see what you're going to, but yeah. go ahead. <laughs> no, to, please, please, please. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I think you're going to the, which is something that came up in, with, when we were doing this blueprint. Uh, we were sitting down and it was up 15 or 16 of us. And we were trying to come up with this blueprint. Be, be, because curious, uh, the, the Caribbean has all these central banks that are very small. So it's like a petri dish mm-hmm. where, where you can uh, do a lot of experimenting. And quickly, and, and and get things done faster than than to get the ECB or you know federal. You know, it's just it's just just easier to do it in sure. that type of environment. But we always had that in the back of mind. Is this this is just a way to introduce the individual to being being comfortable with transacting with these new things we call tokens. So yes, okay, Bitcoin might not be in the picture at the moment. But when you start learning how to keep tokens in your own wallet, keep your private keys in your own wallet, even though they're, they're controlled and, and by the supply, by the that central authority, you're still comfortable doing it. And then you will find a way in which you can go and start, you know, we'll see uh, decks come out. Mm-hmm. And then, well, maybe now that I have this coin, maybe somebody's w- wants to exchange it for another coin. And eventually I get into a coin that's more uh, individualized and has value that can store or park the value of that I've worked for versus having the central authority just decimated like you do in Venezuela, for example. So uh, I really appreciate that perspective. I have one
0: kind of other question going back a little bit in the conversation. Um, You know, you were mentioning that central banks are kind of now starting to understand Bitcoin a little bit better in the context of perhaps as a future reserve asset like they hold gold today. Gold is one of those reserve assets that obviously is held by central banks, but it isn't held in any significant proportion. And one of the big theses in Bitcoin, of course, has been that reserve assets are going to come back into vogue outside of the dollar. So, I mean, like, is this that? Is this a response to uncertainty about the dollar and looking around for alternatives? Or is it really understanding the underlying value of, you know, Bitcoin as this reserve that isn't influenceable by any other nation in the same way that perhaps any nation's currency used as reserve
1: would be. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's becoming, you know, central banks, I'm talking for the central bank of Curacao, they they, they have reserves of gold, mm-hmm. so they keep gold. And most central banks in the Caribbean also. But they also have the, reserves of dollars. Right. right. So dollars, gold, they, they keep a balance, and they keep shuff, shuffling things around and, and making sure that they can balance it. But they eventually will realize that if they can keep... Uh, Another type of asset, the modern asset, like the, in the case of Bitcoin, uh, they will they will start thinking maybe it's not a bad idea to incorporate this into the into our our, our strategy as a as a bank uh, to keep that stability of our of our value proposition to the to the citizens because mm-hmm. the citizens are using let's say they were using this this issued digital currency they want to keep that currency valid and uh, and still strong. Uh, as we go forward in time. Uh, so whether they're going to do it or not, it's hard to say, but it's just a matter of, let's say, the first central bank to do such a thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to speed things up, and things that are happening around the world, the, uh, the yield inversion that you see in, in, in Wall Street, all these uh, uh, warning signs that are coming out uh, are, are just indications that if, if those things do come to, to, to fruition, well, well, you see, you'll, you'll see the demand of citizens saying, telling the central bank, "Well, you, you, you're losing value," and some of them will say, "Well, the best way to do it is it's just to hold some 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 of this new digital gold sure. that's out there." So, is it possible? Yes, I I, I foresee that that eventually will happen. Um, as an individual, obviously, I already know that answer. So, but I understand that, that, that what's behind the scenes and sure. what's actually how it works, and that's where we're here because we are actually trying to educate everybody as sure. much as possible in, in a true sense of the word of education, not just not just hype or just uh, going out there. So,
0: uh, and I guess last question, um, you know, I mean, you work for the Central Bank curso.
1: Oh, actually, I July was my last day i have my own company so i'm i'm a consultant now
0: so i guess the question i'm i, I want to ask is um you know over the course of your tenure working in a central bank type of environment how has the conversation changed in terms of like like did it start off you know confused and, and, and like just who cares and became interesting or kind of what was the progression over time
1: Yes, that, that's exactly what happened. It was it was very interesting at the first. It was uh, since it came from. It was mostly at uh, when I started. Was mostly all the IT departments of all the central banks were interested in technology. The security that went with it was extremely powerful. Uh, I, I was surrounding. You know, security was what brought me to to Bitcoin. So applying multi signatures and, mm-hmm. and applying all these other techniques uh, uh, the UB keys that we you know secure your coins and all these things well those things I saw that they were using them at central banks for example Swift uses multi signatures but it's physical it's mm-hmm. you know left uh, security officer right security officer so Common sense. They also have they have RSA tokens, but that's at the at the enterprise level, not at the imi- individual right. levels. And then and then banks obviously start using uh, the, the, the physical uh, tokens. So so yeah. So in terms of security and the interest, that's that's where it was going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the interest ke- became more powerful because other central banks were talking about it and. Uh, then that the topic became a common common topic it wasn't it wasn't obscured and then bitcoin was more uh talked in, in, in a in a better not a taboo kind of thing we are, people sorry but the the topic about about federated coins and digital central bank digital coins that is the hot topic that's where most of these central bankers are actually talking about and that they, they see that that's a that's a possible. W- way to move move forward mm-hmm. now what assets go into the basket of reserves if it's dollars gold. That's uh, That's a different discussion because mm-hmm. that's m- m- Sometimes it's politics. It's a, it's a different higher level mm-hmm. But uh, but the efficiency because you see every other central banks doing that digital coin for the central bank Then it a no-brainer to so that topic became more common uh,
0: so, I mean, based on the trajectory that you've seen and based on kind of your tenure, do you think this is something that, I mean, do you consider this inevitable? Do you consider this like it's still, uh, like, I'm just trying to figure out, like it sounds like the conversation is happening in a way that is leading us to a place where we have one central bank release something. And then other central banks go, oh, no that brainer. looks like a good idea. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I,
1: it's, uh, to me, it's like the same thing as email. Right. When it came out, uh, yeah. when the internet was invented and the email was the next, you know, it eliminated the facts. so you will keep... You know, transfers will be st- still be made in, in, in swift, very slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to somebody in, 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 in Miami about, uh, close to the Bank of America. And they say, you know, we, we do instant payments right now. We just testing it, but, right. uh, but you know, the fees are almost zero because they do contract between all the banks. Mm-hmm. So they're already doing this. They, right. they, they're, they're already doing these, these transactions very fast. So this mm-hmm. is a, another progression and path uh, to becoming more efficient, more secure, reducing costs, uh, transparency—all these things are. So it's not like uh, there's a group that's saying, "No, we have to make it be like that." No, I, I, I see it more like a progression. It's a common, it's reason, it's common sense. Humans think that way, and they say this is the path forward. So I, that's it, that's the positive outcome. I and I see it as being inevitable because humans will think in a reasonable way and move forward in a positive way, not. It's not negative, you know, that there's more good people in the world than that. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I see it. Thanks for
0: listening to this episode of Let's Talk Bitcoin. Today's episode featured William and Adam with music by Jared Rubens. This episode was too short for me to want to add sponsor time, but a big thanks to purse.io and edge.app for generally sponsoring the show over the last six months or so. Any questions or comments about today's episode? Email adam at ltbshow.com. And tune in next week for our conversation about reserve currency transitions with a special guest. We'll see you next time.